Welcome back to Forward Progress, live here on the Forward Progress YouTube channel, part of the Hammer Betting Network and powered by Pinnacle Sportsbook. I'm producer Jason, your host here every Friday on the Forward Progress YouTube channel alongside Matthew Freeman in the top top left, top right, Jack Miller right below me, then John Legaza diagonal from me. We got a great show for you guys today. And again, reminder, we appreciate all the comments you guys drop in the chat here. So if you uh, have any questions about any uh props any if you're thinking about playing anything you're on the fence about please drop them in the chat we'll get to them towards the end of the show here uh we're just gonna jump right into things let's just go right into it but before we do just want to remind everyone hit that like button hit that subscribe button and if you're listening in audio form please just leave us a review but only if it's a good review if it's a bad review just don't worry about it you can skip that uh on your preferred podcasting app um and yeah let's just get right into things we got a loaded slate for you today we got a couple games with multiple bets in it, and i'm excited to get around to them first game we have on the board here i'm gonna start with matt we're gonna look at the new england patriots game taking on the los angeles chargers just a completely diff- disappointing season from both teams here oh my god like i mean the chargers have completely underperformed same with the new england patriots i don't think anyone expected the new england patriots to be here with only two wins maybe some did but <laughs> uh they've been really really bad this year and i mean it's been a disaster across the board, Matt. You're circling a prop, uh, your first prop on the board here. You're looking at the Chargers side of things. You're looking at Justin Herbert. Money coming in on the Pats recently, pushing the line down to that minus five for the Chargers opened up at around minus six. Totals 40 and a half, juice, uh, juice towards the under here. Uh, Matt, tell us what you got here and why. Yeah, I'm looking at Justin Herbert interceptions over 0.5. And I think there's a chance. I know I've definitely bet this before this season. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think there's a chance I've even talked about it on the show before. But this is plus 130 where I bet it. I have it priced at plus 113. So I think there's some value there. And, you know, I just think the books aren't appreciating the consistency with which Herbert turns the ball over. He's not like josh allen level in terms of like the number of interceptions or like the reputation that he has like josh allen's been lambasted uh for the interceptions league high 13 interceptions but herbert actually has worse accuracy numbers this year uh justin herbert a 14.8 percent bad throw rate josh allen 11.6 justin herbert 58 bad throws to josh allen's 48 uh, like Herbert, I'm not saying he's careless or reckless with the ball, but he's taking risk and the chargers need him to be aggressive with the ball often if they're going to win. And that's how you get the interceptions. And then I wasn't really even thinking about this angle so much when I was writing this up, but there's a chance that Keenan Allen won't play this weekend, uh, yet to practice this week, dealing with a shoulder injury. Uh, Joshua Palmer, it doesn't look like he's going to return from IR this week. Obviously Mike Williams is out. So you have Justin Herbert potentially without his three starting wide receivers in this game, having to throw two guys that he doesn't have chemistry with. So that feels like a recipe for interceptions. And then outside of that, you just kind of look at what he has done uh, in the almost now full three years since his rookie season, uh, 31 interceptions in 46 games, including the playoffs in 25 of his games. So 54.3% of those games, he has thrown an interception. So it's kind of close to like a coin flip in terms of whether he's going to throw an interception or not, and maybe even like a little bit better than a coin flip, if you're looking just at the baseline of what he's historically done. And then you look at the fact that the Patriots have actually been much better on defense since JC Jackson returned to the team. Uh, Five interceptions or interceptions in five of six games since JC Jackson returned to the starting lineup. So you put all that together and I think there's some value here on Justin Herbert over 0.5 interceptions. And again, I, I bet that at plus 130, I have it priced at plus 113. 
Yeah, so plus 130 is pretty widely available at a pretty large shop here. There's plus 125, plus 124, plus 123 all across the board here. So we're going to lock in that plus 130 over here. I just want to mention uh, 36 pass attempts per game from Justin Herbert. I feel like people will probably be thinking that, again, Chargers against the Patriots are probably not going to be moving the ball a lot and probably not going to be expected to pass a lot. But I see this as like a spot where this is the Chargers game to make a statement here. I think they're going to be pushing the ball downfield, like you said. And on top of that, Austin Eckler was doing his best Trent Richardson impression last week. He did not look very good. Look like he was stuck in mud. Jack, you wanted to quickly touch on this prop here. So I'm just going to throw to you uh, for this. What, what are your thoughts on this prop? Yeah, I don't have a ton to add, um, I guess, from a qualitative standpoint, in addition to what Friedman said. But we also have this one uh, as, as pretty good in the ETR projections. It's kind of tough, I think to like gauge the true probability of like an inner it's it's so different from the rest of these props where you can just take a mean and then adjust you know arbitrarily even a few yards down for the median um and it's like minus 115 or whatever on each side like the interception props where everyone has a median of zero or one and then it's just the actual probability um but we we have actually herbert to throw an interception at basically exactly 50 50 um, which would be plus 100. So I think that uh, at plus 130, definitely a good play. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see here, uh, especially I think I think the biggest thing that the books are not accounting for here is the past temps. I'm curious to see what the numbers are when they come out for Justin Herbert here on his uh, past temps or, or completion. So uh, next up we got, John, you're, you're sticking with this game, right? You want to look on the other side of the ball here. Uh, and I'm not going to bury the lead. I'm just going to let you run with it here, John. What's your prop for this game? Well, give me Ramadre plus 75 yards. To Matt's point, though, Chargers are a 70% pass team. Patriots have 20 picks on the year. And the you know the weaponry on the Chargers is lacking. All it takes is a pop-up. I actually really like that play as I heard him talk through it. So I'm going to go with Ramadre Stevenson over 75 yards. That's at plus 175, which I think the books tend to lag sometimes on utilization again. Ramadre is a very good player. And as the Patriots have fallen apart, maybe the light bulb finally went on and they realized he should be the engine of the offense. Okay, 20 attempts each of the last two games, plus 75 yards, our goal, each of the last three, 91 rush yards during that span, five and a half yards per carry, more than four yards after contact per rush, key number. That's what we're looking for. Ramondre finally showing the ability to break some tackles, 62% success rate and an 8% explosive rush rate in that span. Then you go over to the Chargers. They're just falling apart. Last three games, dead last in defensive EPA per play. They're also bottom three in average drive distance and yards per game. That number is over 430. Yikes. They're last in defensive EPA per rush. They're last in 20-yard runs allowed, which, again, is a good thing when you're looking for yardage props. They're also dead last in rushing touchdowns. Not working here, but they're terrible. They're also bottom five in rushing yards per game. That number is 166, also more than five yards per carry. Again, in that span, I just think the Patriots have learned that offense has to run through Ramondre. They're also going to be looking to keep the ball out of whatever yokel quarterback they're going to you know, punish us, making us watch on Sunday. And I think also beyond that, the best unit in this game is the Charger offense. You can say what you want about them, but Herbert's the best player in this game. The best way to defend him is just keep him off the field. I, I can't imagine Ramondre is not in line for another 20 attempts. We're talking about three yards per carry here to get us to our goal, three and a half to get us there. So, Jay, I also was looking at the ladder. I want to get a smidge. We're going to get a tenth of a unit. So it's plus 75 yards, plus 175. You can get 100 yards at five to one. So we definitely want to get a tenth of a unit on a five to one for 100 yards 
obviously this one could get away from us if the Chargers kind of run out. But a loss is a loss anyway. If the Patriots win, I think it's Ramondre, and it's close to 100 yards rushing. So I really like that one. Give me a sprinkle on the plus 500 as well. All right, going to drop a little sprinkle on that plus uh, 500 over 100 yards right there. And a reminder, you can find all of our plays tracked live here on the show. We track them through Betstamp. Just head over to Betstamp, type in forward progress HQ, forward spell FWD progress HQ. Uh, you search up us there. You can find all of our picks from throughout the year. We like to be transparent. We lock in every single play live here on the show. Nothing fugazi about, uh, about any of the lines here. So yeah, we just want to make sure that you guys are... Uh, following that along with us here. And I just want to jump in here for a second, just talk about Ramondre Stevenson. Because last week, I had unfortunately taken the Patriots and Survivor, and I was like ramming my head against a brick wall because that was the only way they were able to move the ball downfield here was with uh, was with Ramondre Stevenson. They had a 46% success rate on on uh, their rushing plays, and they had a 0.17 EPA per rush. Uh, I mean, like I just don't understand why they would ever go away from running the ball, but I, I get it. They have some bad quarterback play. It's they, they, they got to do something, but it was just so tough to watch there. Run the damn ball. Come on, Bill. What are you doing here? Uh, all right, let's move on to the next game here. We got the Saints going up against the Lions. Saints at home, Lions on the road. Uh, Lions road favorites, minus four on pinnacle, minus 114. So juiced towards the Lions here. Total is at 46, heavily juiced to the over. Markets around 46 and a half, 47. Uh, weird thing here, weird splits for the Detroit Lions. Jared Goff is an absolute pumpkin. On the road, but good news. Saints Stadium obviously is in a dome. So we'll take that here, I guess. Matt, you're looking at a receiver for the Lions. Who you got here and why? I'm looking. This I just have to say, this is one of the most degenerate bets that I feel like I have made or this year. <laughs> um, it, but I, it, it. I would say like it's it. intelligently degenerate. Uh, I'm looking at Khalif Raymond over 16 and a half receiving yards. And I bet Khalif Raymond over last week. And uh, it was interesting. I think I bet it at 16 and a half, 17, somewhere around there. And the number kept dropping, which I hate it, obviously, like when I'm betting something and then mm -hmm. uh, the, the market just moves against me and is doing the exact same thing this week. I bet it at 16 and a half. It's at 15 and a half now at some books, 17 and a half at some others. But, you know, it's a little bit of a split market on him. But I think the thing that is maybe throwing people off a little bit with Khalif Raymond or, or why the market is moving against me in part, this is a guy who's a part-time player. This year, only in two games, has he had a route rate of over 50%. And since the week nine bye, he's had route rates of 33, 32, and 34%. Like he is just a situational player. And like taking the over on the yardage of a situational player feels like uh, something that is like very galaxy brain and just frankly kind of stupid. But like when he's on the field, they are actually using him. He has for the year a really solid 20% target rate. And since the buy, he has a 28% target rate. That's like a Monroe St. Brown level type of target rate. So he's not just like a win sprinter when he's out there. Like Ben Johnson offensive coordinator for the lions. I think he's one of the best offensive or up and coming, like kind of unestablished offensive coordinators in the game. Like he and Bobby Slowick, I think are two guys who are kind of at the top of the up and coming group. And it would not surprise me if Ben Johnson ended up as a head coach next year. Like, I think that is very likely to happen. Ben Johnson, very good at using the players that he has. And like, I think that's why Khalif Raymond 
even though he's not on the field that often, when he's on the field, it is very intentional for when he's on the field. So uh, again, a 28% target rate since the week nine bye. like when he's on the field, he has a good chance of getting targets and he's been super efficient with the targets that he gets 9.3 yards per target. Since he joined the team in 2021 this year, 10.9 yards per target. So he doesn't even need that many targets to have a good chance of going over 16 and a half, which he has done in nine of 11 games this year. And then you look at the saints, no number one cornerback in Marshawn Lattimore. He's out on IR. They also might be without free safety Marcus May, who's dealing with a shoulder injury. And then, of course, you mentioned indoors, Superdome, Jared Goff on the road. Less than ideal, but Jared Goff indoors, I mean, indoors, like the, the perfect situation mm -hmm. for him. So just like last week, uh, Raymond, you know, five targets, 90 yards. I think we're going to see him have the opportunity for ladder bets. Because if he goes over 16 and a half, based on the explosive way in which he's used, he could go over by like 50 yards. So I think that is probably the way to approach it to, you know, ladder this, but just on its own 16 and a half receiving yards. I very much like the over in this spot. So quick question for you here. There's a 16 and a half uh, minus 113 over at Pinnacle, but there's a 15 and a half minus 110. Would you rather play the 15 and a half minus 110 or would you take the three cents? Uh, I guess that, never mind. What no, am I saying? Yeah, I, yes, I got those two yes. numbers mixed up in my head right. here. We're going to yeah. go lock in that 15 and a half minus 110. I apologize yeah. for that. Um, yeah. I'm going to lock that in right now. I'm going to quickly peek over and take a look at the ladder props like you mentioned here. Um, but before I get into that, I'm going to quickly throw to John here. Uh, John, you were looking at this same game. We got like... I love, I love how we're all in the same game for these props here. You're looking at the running game, though. I don't want to bury the lead. I'm just going to give you the floor here. Tell us what you like here. Well, again, just real quick to Matt's point, I really like that play. Stylistically, it works. The Saints have been vulnerable against the slot. Eight receptions, 83 yards a game. That's on the season. Raymond getting probably two-thirds of his looks from the slot. And again, like Matt said, when he's on the field, the target per route stuff is really good. And I think he's a 50% explosive receiving rate. He's plus 825 at 50 yards. So, like, again, he can kind of do that in two catches. We've seen him do that quite a few times this year. So, I definitely like the Raymond play. I'm going to go the other way. This was, man, hopefully this isn't like the ultimate horns here. But I think this line is a little off. I think the public and market sometimes tend to punish teams when they lose on the national stage, in particular when they look really bad. Granted, we normally, it wasn't prime time, it was during the day, but it was a Thanksgiving game. The Lions fell short of expectations. We've seen them get mopped up by the Ravens. Also, doesn't make them a bad team. They're a good team. The Lions are a good team. And again, I don't think this line reflects all the injuries, some of the ones Matt mentioned and some more I have coming. So Lions D, 90th percentile run game easily, one and three quarters yards before contact per rush, and a better than 39% rush success rate. Those are both offensive line stats. The reason I mention that is I want to go with both Detroit running backs. Keep that in mind. Last three weeks, the Lions offense is humming right now. My man, top three in points per game, yards per game, yards per play, EPA per play, drive distance, first half per drive, and yards per rush, right? The thing we're looking for, 5.4 yards per rush. They also have not had a third running back touch the ball in six weeks. As fantasy heads, I know Matt's one, we're always looking for the bell cow work as we've gotten committee become part of the meta in football, real life, and fantasy. Now we just want teams that have two, but it's a exclusive two. So I want to keep that in mind because I think that's what opens the door to playing both of these guys. The first one is Gibbs plus 50 yards is plus 120. He's hit that four or five games off the injury. The second play is Montgomery. Jay, I want to thank you for pointing out a little line shop you did for me. Appreciate you, man. 63 yards at even money at Pinnacle. He's hit this seven of eight games 
The only time he didn't, it was an injury. I just not seeing why there's a plus in front of these odds. I think again, it's bookmakers and betters being reticent of betting on two running backs in the same team. So let's go get them both. Jay, you know you work with me in baseball. If you stack together enough plus money bets, you don't have to hit that many of them. So if we get one of these ladders, we're going to take it home. I think we get them both. Maddie mentioned the Saints place Lattimore on the IR. I don't believe May is going to play. Also, Cameron Jordan and Pete Werner have not practiced. Four out of 11 starters looking like they're not going to play for the Saints team. And it's manifested in the stats. It's funny with the narrative stuff. Saints defense like was good on paper. But now they're hurt. It's not that. It's this. Last three games are allowing nearly 400 yards a game, more than six yards a play. And the 177 rush yards per game since week 10 is dead last. Give me both of these guys, Jay. Gibbs and Montgomery go over. I mean, again, it, this is like a... This is just a, a dream, right? We have the we're favored, so we're expecting to run. Mm-hmm. We have the, one of the best O lines in the game against a really hobbled defensive line. And a, oh God, who's going to even tackle them if they get into the secondary? We've got splash playability here. I like both of these guys. I think they both cross. But in particular, again, if you hit one ladder, the whole venture as a you know as a piece is a winner, and that's really what we're looking for. But I like both of these plays. First time all year I've had two running backs in the same team, but I really do like them. I think they're both RB1s in fantasy. Matt, better to speak to that to me, but that's what I think. Yeah, yeah, they definitely are, and they're getting a good look here. And, uh, again, these numbers feel low for the both of them. The Just want to quickly touch on the over 63 and a half here for David Montgomery. That's where the market is, and I don't want to, like, completely shill pinnacle here, but they're by far the best price in market here. Plus 105 uh, for the over at 63 and a half. The next best price I'm, I'm looking at is uh, the minus 110 here. So uh, a reminder, if you don't have pinnacle, make sure you sign up. And when you do, make sure you use code hammer when signing up. If you're in Ontario, help support the show. Pinnacle has been your trusted sports before the last 25 years. Bet smart, bet pinnacle must be 90 plus in Ontario. Please play responsibly and not available in the US. I quickly actually just want to I want to throw to you, Jack, on this one because uh, this might be one of those opportunities where you can kind of have an SGP with an uncorrelated uh, calculation in the parlay, but might actually be if you like both both uh, both to hit at the same time. This might be an opportunity for you to play an SGP here. So if you can SGP these two guys at their uh, given number here of sixty three and a half and. 44 and a half, I think it was for Jameer Gibbs. Would you consider doing that if there's, if you're not taking like an SGP tax uh, for like a correlated parlay? Yeah, I don't know. I'm guessing, I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing that different books would price this correlation differently. Like I know there's some Mm -hmm. places that um, if you take one running back over and and one running back under on the same team that they price that as negative correlation um, because I think just the game script um, stuff um but yeah i i think if you could find somewhere where they believe it's negatively correlated enough then it could definitely be plus cv but i um i'd have to look more into that so i don't know exactly the the like odds or or anything like that of course and if you like the look of it always we preach shopping around here so make sure you do shop around and check if there is uh, a tax on that sgp match do you want to jump here to say something yeah here? this i think this is a really interesting question about the sgps and and jack's point about how different books could price this like some some books might price it as negatively correlated and others actually might price it as positively correlated and i would say it would probably be worth the effort if like if you're especially the type of person who likes to bet SGPs, just to like kind of poke around and see how the books price that specifically with the two running backs in the same backfield, how different books price that. 
at like where where you are getting the best odds and like where they potentially might have some weaknesses and how they're doing their correlating. Um, it feels like that would be worth it because this like ordinarily I would think, okay, if one running back in a backfield is going off, that means the other running back probably is not. But there mm-hmm. are certain types of games, certain types of game scripts where there would be correlation, positive correlation in the rushing for both running backs. And it feels like this could be one of those spots. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what made me think about it here is because again, both, like John said in, in all of his uh, points here, like both these running backs are prolific running backs, good offensive line. They all get, they both get used, right, John? Did you want to jump in here and just quickly touch on the SGP? Well, I'm just thinking more about, I remember as a young better when this stuff really started becoming prominent, I didn't realize that they were taxing it. And of course, I'm like obsessive compulsive and using my own calculator along with like, I had an idea of what it should pay. And I realized that what they were going to pay out was not what I had. So I like contacted customer service. Like, What's going on? I think your calculator is broken. They're like, no, it's not. I'm like, no, no, I think it is. And they're like, no, it's not. You have to just have to realize that they really do put their thumb on the scale. And to Matt's point, I'm not going to say reverse engineered some formula, but I would say this. You can draw up the same SGP on different books at the same time, live lines we're talking about, right? Nothing stale. And get wildly disparate prices. What wildly disparate prices. So shopping around, it's not just something we say, Jay, right? When we were pumping pinnacle, bet stamp, and all this stuff. It really matters. You and I can have the same exact betting ticket. If you're getting a 5% better price than I am throughout the season, guess what? You may be using black ink. I may be using red ink. You can't trust that at all. And, and by the way, sorry, one more thing to throw in here, shopping around, like obviously on the, the larger markets, you know, if you are a heavy better, uh, putting down a lot of money on sides and totals shopping around obviously means a lot, but I'll say like on the niche markets, shopping around actually means much more because mm-hmm. like you, there can be like wild differences of like, Oh, this is priced at plus 500 here and plus a thousand over Daddy, here these old plays are a perfect yeah. example these old yeah. props you would fan duel versus bet 365 what plus 500 for the sixth reception to mario douglas last week plus 925 somewhere yeah. else that is a difference maker in a season we're talking about a single bet here i'm so glad Matt, you do such a good job of framing it for people it's a true it really is a truth gotta hammer home more important than winning and losing is understanding the pricing mechanisms yeah, yeah and yeah, i, and I just fun. go ahead jack sorry Oh, sir. I was just going to say, as it pertains to, to SGP specifically, like the the difference between books and how they price those and like the algorithms they're using could be like wildly, wildly different. So like Matt mm-hmm. said, I think that there's some, some, I'm guessing there's a book out there that prices DeMont and, and Gibbs rushing yard overs as negatively correlated and another that prices it as, uh, as positive. So I think if you're doing same game parlay specifically and, and looking into correlation, um, that's something that should definitely be on your radar. Funnily enough, I just quickly did two separate books, uh, two pretty large books here that you can get like a decent amount of money down normally on their props. One does have them uh, calculated as a negative correlation here, and you actually get better odds than what you would normally correlate these two numbers at. So uh, if you guys are interested in this, definitely shop around and take a look uh, for it, because then there's also another book that I looked at that has it positively correlated and completely just absolutely nukes the odds there and uh mlb dream in the chat what's up mlb dream i've also seen that on prop builders he's saying that he's seen uh the same price or excuse, excuse me different price for the same parlays on prop builders so you just got to be careful shop around uh we always love to preach line shopping here great little discussion on that i'm so happy that that turned into uh turned into something a little bit bigger and i apologize for throwing you guys uh 
uh, for a loop there. I, I, we didn't really expect expect that, and I didn't really let you guys know about that on the run sheet. Just a question that came to my mind. Let's get back on track here, though. Two more props to go, or excuse me, three more props to go before we close out here. Let's head over to the Sunday night football game. Matchup between the Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs right now. The Chiefs are minus five and a half over at Pinnacle, minus 113. Uh, Markets around minus six here. Green Bay Packers trending up, looking very, very good after they just beat the Detroit Lions on primetime. A lot of people are liking the Packers here. But Matt, this seems like a perfect spot for you to fade someone on the Packers. So tell us who you're fading here and why. Yeah, I mean, there are some interesting players in this game, and I'm talking about maybe the least interesting of them, and that's Tucker Craft, uh, who's like the the backup tight end for the Packers, who's been elevated to the number one spot. And this is like a this is a classic Friedman like player prop of like me finding the most disgusting player I can and betting the under, and I, I will probably lose. That also makes it classic Friedman. But I mean, under 26 and a half receiving yards is where I bet this. 23.8 is my projection here. So last week. Tucker Craft with number one tight end Luke Musgrave out. Craft had a career high 88% route rate. Like he was he was on the field getting the work, but he still had just two targets with a 7% route rate. And you might say, like, okay, well, that was his first game as his starter. Moving forward, he's going to see more. The thing is, 7% target rate, like that is actually what he's done this year in general. So, like, as just a blanket statement, when he's been on the field running routes he has not garnered targets at anything close to a league average rate uh i mean he's a small school rookie who was drafted in the third round like we should probably not expect all that much from him and the way that the team has used him so far indicates that he is not at all important within that passing offense he's never had more than three targets in a game and his 6.5 yards per target is just like a very mediocre middle of the road mark. So even if he has a career high four targets in this game, there's still a decent chance that the under could hit. So you put all that together and you give me the opportunity to bet on a guy who sucks, continuing to suck. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to do that. All right, I'm going to lock that in here. The under 27 and a half is actually widely available here. The under minus is at price at, excuse me, minus 110. If you shop around, you can find uh, some, yeah, majority of the markets at 27 and a half here. There's just one no, off market. 27 and a half. It feels really high, but you know what? I think it's because we smashed the books here on Forward Progress last week by taking Tucker Craft anytime touchdown on that Thanksgiving game. A little bit of a gross oh, bet here, goodness. but if you're able to get in early, you're able to get 11 to 1 on that for an anytime touchdown, which is pretty yeah. crazy. But I mean, this, again, I, I bet this at 26 and a half and the market has moved against me. So there's a chance I'm just absolutely wrong. But I, I think a lot of it is the enthusiasm of, hey, this guy actually was on the field like nearly every down and was running around basically every drop back. Like, right, I, and yeah. so from that logic, like 27 and a half, like that number makes sense and actually feels maybe a, a little bit low. But like that, that logic also just completely ignores that This is not a guy who demands targets at all. Yeah, yeah I, exactly. I think they also have a lot of weapons there, right? We've fancy yeah. heads for the whole season have been trying to figure out where the ball is going to go. Now we've even seen the emergence of Wicks come on, right? Like that's where I would think a target void would go, not to force it to the you know third string tight end that no one's ever heard of, to get it to the playmakers. So yeah, I'm with you on this one, on the, on the for sure. Going to lock in that under 27 and a half there. And if you're looking for a gross touchdown bet, Ben Sims, their backup quote-unquote backup tight end is uh is, is got the only two red zone targets of all their tight ends last week so hey who knows uh not help us <laughs> anyways let's move on to our last game of the uh slate here that we got we're heading over to monday night football and a quick reminder uh if you joined us last 
last night for the Thursday Night Football Watch Along. You know that, unfortunately, Locker.bet, there were some issues with their apps. We weren't able to do our little contest. We're going to shift all that prize money, that $600. We're going to shift that over to the Monday Night Football Watch Along. So if you want to watch along the Monday Night Football game and have a chance to win up to I don't know exactly what the prize breakdown is, but we have a prize pool of around 1200 US dollars. So you're going to go head to head with me in the first app, or first half, excuse me, through the app locker.bet. Head over to the locker.bet sign up now. It's currently in beta. It's a lot of fun. Was able to test out the app last week. A lot of fun to use. It's going to be a lot of fun to follow through on stream here. Let's get right into this game. The Cincinnati Bengals take on the Jacksonville Jaguars right now on Pinnacle. The Jags, they have it face out as minus 10 plus 110 for the Jags, but the market is around eight and a half here for the Jags. Totals around 39. And of course, we know what happened to the Cincinnati Bengals two weeks ago. They lost Joe Burrow. Season is unfortunately in the dumps for them. It's it's another uh, a down year for them here uh, with no Joe Burrow. Jake Browning steps in for them and just looks like absolutely disgusting. Most of his yards came off that I think it was two tip passes that Jamar Chase was able to just break out and, and create explosive plays off of somehow, some way. But Jack, you're looking at this game. You got two props for us, a little bit of a Monday night football special. So I'm just going to, I'm not going to bury the lead here. I'm going to let you take it away. What do you got here and why? Yeah. I mean, Freeman was talking about taking the under on players who suck. And I'm going to, I'm going to keep that train going with Jake Browning <laughs> under 218.5 uh, passing yards. He had 227 on 7.2 yards per attempt last week. But as you mentioned, uh, a lot of that was, incredibly lucky yardage. Jamar Chase had a 31-yard uh, catch and run on a pass that was tipped like three yards beyond the line of scrimmage. He had another 16 yards on a pass that should have been a walk-in pick six for DeMonte Casey, but it was tipped up in the air. Um, Joe Mixon had a 39-yard run on the final drive of the game when the Steelers decided not to guard uh, a screen pass with a zero depth of target. Um, and then Trenton Irwin had like 20 more yards, 15 more yards on a play where the Steelers uh, had a free sack on Browning and did not sack him for whatever reason. So I think that a lot of those outcomes were pretty fluky. Um, The one concerning thing here is the Bengals were super pass heavy last week, even with Browning. But I I think just with a guy who we can expect to be woefully inefficient, I mean, even in preseason, he's averaging 6.1 yards per attempt on his career, a little bit better over the past couple of years, including 7.2 yards per attempt in the 2022 preseason. Um, but that's still not a fantastic mark in against, you know, backups playing in the preseason. And now he's playing a Jags team that has had all week to prepare for, for him. Um, so I think he's going to probably be throwing in the fourth quarter, but it's really just a bet on Browning being one of, if uh, one of the worst quarterbacks uh, in the NFL starting quarterbacks, I should clarify. Um, so I'm going to start with Browning under 218 passing yards. Um, And then the second one is somewhat correlated to that. It's Joe Mixon under 11 and a half on his longest reception. Last week, he flew over that with the 39-yard screen pass um, at the end of the game. But he's four and seven at this line. The Jags do inflate running back target share a little bit, but it's, it's not to the extent that like we can project an entire extra target or anything uh, for Joe Mixon. And he's four and seven at this line this year. That's primarily with Joe Burrow. I think that it's a downgrade, obviously, going from Burrow to Browning um, just from an efficiency standpoint. So I'm going to do uh, two two Bengals unders in that, in that Monday night game. 
All right, going to lock that in here. Joe Mixon under 12 and a half longest, uh, uh, longest, excuse me, 11 and a half longest reception here. Uh, and you can find the under at around minus 120. Then we're going to flip over and do Jake Browning under 218 and a half passing yards, minus 110 here. Quickly, just want to jump in and mention uh, a lot of talk has been, a lot of people, excuse me, have been talking about the Ravens defense and the Bengals defense, excuse me, the Browns defense. The Browns, what is it? Their 36% success rate has been one of the best in the NFL in a long time. Well, hey, the Jacksonville Jaguars currently second in EPA per play allowed uh, of all teams in the NFL. And they also have a 38.6 success rate allowed here. They're no joke either. They're among, I, I think that you can kind of put them in that tier with the Ravens, with the, with the Browns, with the, the Niners here. So, I mean, this just might be a nightmare matchup here for Jake Browning and the Cincinnati Bengals here. Uh, and that just about does it, guys. A reminder, you can find all of our plays tracked. We track them live on the show here. Head over to betstamp.app and then just search forward progress uh, HQ right here. Yeah, just type in FWD progress HQ, find betters, and you'll be able to find all of our plays tracked live. If you like the show, please hit that like button. If you are new to the channel, please hit that subscribe button. It really goes a long way in helping support the show. And if you're watching this afterwards, if you're not watching this live, drop a comment on what you're playing this week. Drop a comment on what your thoughts are on our plays. We get a lot of influx of views on Saturday. So people on Saturday, we see you. Hello. Drop a comment. Say hi. Let us know uh, what you're playing for this weekend. A uh, quick reminder, Sunday live at 11 a.m. Eastern. Rapazole will be live for the Pizza Buffet. Then we will be live once again at 8 p.m. Eastern on this channel with Clive Bigsby and Rob to take a look at the week 14 now opening lines. Oh my gosh, time flies. Holy smokes. Uh, we're going to be taking a look at the week 14 opening lines at 8 p.m. Eastern here. So we've got tons of content coming to you on that Sunday football. So if you're looking for bets on Sunday, first of all, what are you doing? We just gave you a bunch of bets. Go play them. But if you're sun sitting there Sunday morning, don't have bets 11 a.m., check out Rob Pizzola. Be live on this channel giving out his best bets of the day. And then again, 8 p.m. Eastern. We're going to be looking ahead to week 14, trying to get you some CLV. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. We really appreciate you. Drop a like on the way out. Helps us out here. So for myself, for John, for Jack, for Matt, this has been Forward Progress, powered by Pinnacle on the Hammer Betting Network. We'll catch you guys later, and good luck on your bets this weekend. Yeah.